What's going on, collective listeners? Welcome back for another episode. Today, we have Dallas Skipper. Uh, she is an assistant strength coach at Rice University down in Texas. She is a true Texan. Uh, so we got an awesome podcast for you today. She's going to kind of take us through a little different perspective on uh, kind of the way she came about, some of the foundation that she built her programming from, uh, and the way that she kind of views athletic performance. And uh, she also kind of gives us a little bit of a, a take on, you know, what, what it's like to really go through and, and kind of hash out some of the ways that she views her collaboration with uh, some of the other people that she's working with, whether it be coaches, athletes, uh, athletic trainers, and everything. And, and, and that is involved, obviously, in, in her operation at Rice. So uh, awesome episode. Dallas is awesome. She's a great conversation and just a great person overall. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Let's get to it. What's going on, collective listeners? Welcome back for another episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, this is the Samson Strength Coach Collective Podcast. As you know, uh, I'm your host, Anthony Grasso. Today, we are joined by Dallas Skipper, who is the Assistant Training and Conditioning Coach at Wright University. And she's going to go through and we're going to try a new little you know, template here of trying to allow the you know person I'm interviewing to tell their story as opposed to me kind of rambling on and providing all this background information on them. I think that's cool, but I think a lot of other podcasts do that. And, you know, here at Samson, we're trying to be on the, the cutting edge of things, you know, we're super <laughs> forward thinking, but uh, so that being said, uh, Dallas, welcome. Why don't you uh, yes. take us, take us, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of take us through your story. Absolutely. And thanks for having me first off, just wanted to get that out there and say no that. Doubt. Thanks for being here. Um, so my name is Dallas Skipper. Um, I'm currently at Rice University. So a little bit about me. I actually got my bachelor's and my master's degree from the University of North Texas. So that's up in Denton, like the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, I interned while I was getting my master's probably for about, I think a year and a half. Um, so I was there. I worked with everybody. I had women's tennis. I helped with football, um, kind of just where I was needed. I kind of filled in and helped. Um, after I was there for about a year and a half, I got an opportunity to go up and work with football at the University of Kansas with Coach Woodfin, um, Jack Wilson, Stuart Young. So I went up there. Great experience. I was there for probably about six months. Um, the season finished and then I kind of came home looking for a place and then COVID hit. <laughs> Right, perfect timing. Um, so that, yeah, perfect. Right. So that kind of put um, a hold on everything. Like I was kind of struggling finding a job a little bit um, and then COVID hit. So I guess if there was a time to not have a job, I guess that was kind of good timing because nobody was really working. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of continued with that, went through the summer um, and I was actually able to pick up a part-time assistant job at Wingate University, which mm -hmm. is a D2 up in North Carolina probably about it's in Wingate, which is probably about like 45, 50 minutes from Charlotte. Mm. Um, so, so it was up there for a semester. Um, and then after that, I was able to get an opportunity as like a professional intern at Texas A&M under Ray Ellsworth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that was, that was super fun. Um, and then after that, I was there for probably about six or seven months. And then this opportunity popped up, I interviewed and I actually was like given the position and accepted it. And I've been at Rice for the past year now. Yeah. So I have, I have volleyball and women's soccer, and then I kind of assist and supervise with track and field. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, I appreciate that. And congratulations, obviously, on, you know, number Thank one, you. making it through COVID <laughs> and two, obviously finding yeah. and landing the spot at, at Rice. That's pretty cool. I didn't even, I didn't know you went to Texas A&M. That's pretty sweet. How long, were, did, how long was yeah. that, that period for? Was um, that like from, from January of what year is it? 2022. I, my, my years are all confused. It is. So I guess it, it was, yeah. it was January to July of 2021. January so I was there July. through that spring semester. And then I helped kind of in the summer a little bit until I came uh, down here to Houston. Okay, cool. And that's college station, yeah. Texas, right? Is that what, where that is? Yes. Yeah. Is that, and now, so are you from Texas or are you? I am from Texas. So I'm originally from Amarillo. Um, I'm sure people have might've heard it in the George oh Strait my, song. Absolutely. <laughs> Amarillo, by morning. Amarillo yeah. by morning. That's what I'm thinking. We listen to that <laughs> if song If you've all been on I-40, yeah, you've probably passed through there. You've seen the Cadillac Ranch. You've seen, um, the 72 ounce steak that's another big amarillo thing yeah. The, <laughs> yeah the big texan so from up there um pretty far but i guess i'm i'm still in the same state but it doesn't really feel like it because we're so far away <laughs> yeah so what's where is amarillo like obviously like you know i think of amarillo exactly like you you know i i've i love george Strait. i think most people who listen to country music do but like what i mean the way he describes it in the in the song like you would think it's this like magical place i mean he wrote a song about it right so like is that where, where yeah. like is amarillo like a big place <laughs> small place is it like cool or what, um, what is it like? So I would say, I mean, obviously compared, like I'm down here in Houston where there's like over 2 million people. <laughs> so yeah. nothing even close to that, but 
in terms of like that is technically considered the pan handle um they call it that because literally it looks like the handle of a pan yeah. right like that the skinny part of texas yeah. um so it's probably the biggest city in that area um sure. lubbock is probably 100 miles south but that's oh, where texas okay. tech is at um but amarillo is probably the biggest city kind of in that area really? i wouldn't say and- it's super amazing or big or anything but it is home and, and i do love it <laughs> so where where is where is that located in texas is that like southern texas northern texas or is that so yeah it's technically it's hard because like north texas is technically the dallas area mm. and west texas is technically like midland odessa yeah. um but it would be considered the panhandle okay. um so if you think about it right like you've got texas up at the top it kind of squares off and then you've got Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Louisiana. Yeah. That's the panhandle, right? In that little square up there. So I think okay. we're about 45 minutes from Oklahoma, 45 minutes from New Mexico. So oh, we're wow. up at the that's... very top. Yeah. Oh wow. That's it. And so it's like I mean, when I think of like Texas, I, I think it's like most people who, you know, are not from Texas, we like romanticize about like high school football, right? We're like, oh, like, you know, Friday yeah. Night Lights, and we've seen the movie and the show and like everything else that comes with, you know, Texas high school football <laughs> area. Was it is it was it like that big of a deal, like in Amarillo? I'm I'm assuming it's pretty oh yeah yeah it was like it's, it's a real big deal and i think because it's smaller up there right there's not like and obviously it's grown over the years but like when i was in high school there's not really a ton to do right yeah, like yeah you hang out with your friends you play sports so like yeah we had like the huge pep rally every friday for the football team like the whole school's there nice. like friday night lights it was it was the big thing so i definitely grew up um I guess in an interesting situation because I thought football was like that everywhere <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. I kind of saw I saw like pep rallies and different stuff from other places and I was like oh maybe yeah, maybe it it's a not. little bit different up here yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well it's a good thing it's a good thing you didn't end up coming to UConn because I think it would have completely changed your perception of football in, in totality <laughs> you know so I mean for yeah. all intents and purposes you know what I mean so yeah yeah because just to give a little background for the listeners so obviously I, I Dallas and I crossed paths when you were interviewing for was it was it the uh was it what position was it was it a professional intern spot that was available at the time I think yeah so I think it was with football and lacrosse I want to say yeah so then that was, it was at football that time, and maybe women's lacrosse yeah because at that time it was that was the professional intern spot and I think there was like an, the assistant spot above that was still handling women's mm-hmm. lax as well so um yeah and 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 obviously like full you know you you know how I felt obviously I wanted to hire you and I wanted you to obviously yeah. go you know <laughs> hop on our staff I thought you would have fit in really well especially with our women's lax team and and, and they're awesome obviously shout out UConn women's lax but I think uh I think, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of found your way in a little bit better of a, yeah. <laughs> of a sense. So, yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. And so we we are talking to a true Texan. I do feel that I can yes. hear in your voice. And so was it was it weird going to North Carolina? Like how because obviously North Carolina is still considered like for someone like myself from Connecticut. I consider North Carolina the South. Right. So like is is yeah. is that was it was it like like ah, this isn't this isn't the true South for me? Because I'll talk to people like from who from South Carolina and they'll be like, I don't consider Texas the South, you know, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? How, how it's, it's like one of the most Southern point, southernmost points of our, yeah. of our state, of our country, you know? So what do you, yeah. What it was like in, in North Carolina? See, it's a little different. And that's kind of funny that you say that, right? Like Texas isn't the South. Cause you do get kind of like mixed reviews down here. People are like, no, Texas is the South, whatever. Like my perspective is like, Texas is Texas, right? Like <laughs> it's yeah. kind of different than anywhere else, anywhere you go. And I think that's partially because it's so big and has so many people and so many different types of places, right? Like, mm. like exactly like Amarillo to Houston, they're in the same state, but like pretty polar opposites right then you've got like east texas and you've got el paso um so it was a little bit right like i was expecting it to be like very i don't know what i was expecting i guess maybe i was like oh north carolina it's kind of the north right like oh northeast (laughs) right like when i looked it up on a when i looked it up on a map i was like oh it's like over there like it's it's kind of further over and when i got there it was a lot more southern kind of than i thought yeah um and i was in and i was in a pretty small spot like wingate was like more of a conservative area i know like Mm -hmm. obviously charlotte is a little bit more like liberal and it's a bigger city yeah um but i was i think surprised that it was as southern as it was i guess like Uh, i i I think i was expecting more i mean and it's so i mean compared to texas it's like so i think it's like a 22 hour drive um so i was really expecting to get up there and be like i'm in the north and (laughs) like it really wasn't it was like oh 
kind of, but you're still in the South. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't feel too out of place up there, even though I was super far away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And so do you have a, still have a ton of family down in, in Texas? Is that, is that where most of uh, in, in, Yeah. My, my whole family lives yeah. in Amarillo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's good. So, so at least, at least you ended up in, in the state, you know what I mean? And do you, do you plan on kind yeah. of staying in Texas and, and, you know, continuing um, there? Is that kind of the goal? You know, I love it, but I think that's hard to say sometimes, right? Like people are like, oh, I can only stay in Texas. And there's a lot of schools in Texas, but I think like, right, like I went to North Carolina and I went to like Lawrence. Mm. Um, so I'm definitely open to that. And it's kind of funny because Lawrence is closer to Amarillo than Houston is. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, and you have to go through two states to get yeah. there. So um interesting. <laughs> so yeah so definitely like love texas it's my home it'll always be my home but not necessarily yeah. glued here i'm kind of happy with where i'm at besides the heat down here um yeah, houston is pretty nice how hot is it there right now Ooh, let's see it says it's 95 right now probably uh, feels about 101 102 if i had to guess yeah well yeah because i'm at we're getting a heat wave up here and i know it's nothing compared to what you guys have down there but i'm like man this is I, and I like the heat. I like everything. Like I like really hot. Yeah. I like really cold. I like, you know, I, I really don't like spring. I feel like spring has no identity. The fall is awesome. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> everything else is pretty cool, but um, no, it's awesome. And it's, I'm really glad. And this is why I'm like super happy that you actually hopped on the podcast is I'm like, it, it is true. Like, it's awesome how things come full circle. It's cool to see how you've yeah. obviously kind of progressed <laughs> through the field, you know, and it's, um, and I remember at, at one point, I think it was, I think it was JD. We were talking about potentially going to Georgia state and which I try to give him your name, you know, so ever, ever mm-hmm. since I met you i was trying to just like get your name out there so it's cool that you're able to hop on the podcast so why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about like at what point through this journey you kind of had an idea that like becoming a coach right like not even necessarily strength and conditioning but just like becoming a coach was something that you wanted to pursue right like let's when we start there in the whole the journey process yeah yeah so like when i went to get my bachelor's degree I actually have my bachelor's, it's a bachelor's of science um, at North Texas. They call it allied health Mm pre-professional. So it's basically for people that want to go to PT school, OT, stuff like that. So I was going to school to be a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the plan out of high school. Like, okay, great. This sounds like something I want to do. I mean, went through it. I took all the class, like all the basic classes, started taking like the upper level, like exercise science classes. And then I think my senior year in the fall, I was able to get kind of like, um, not an internship, but kind of just shadowing, right? Like at a PT clinic. So I would go kind of watch, observe. Um, And once I got there and I was kind of into it, I was like, hmm, this isn't what I was expecting, right? Like, and I think kind of like, it's hard, especially, you know, like my thought, like thinking PT and thinking that was like really on the sport PT side. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be working with athletes, all this stuff. Right. And then you get into like a actual physical therapy setting, right. Just like a regular, right. It's a lot of like elderly people, right. Mm -hmm. A lot of like shoulders, knees, hips, stuff like that. Um, so like I, I, I observed, I finished the semester and I was kind of like in panic mode, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. Like, especially because PT school, like it is such an extensive application process. Right. Like, and it's super competitive. It's super hard to get in. And then it's a, it's three years of school. So kind of like my brain, right. Like I'm pretty set. Like I, at least in my opinion, I can figure out if I'm going to like something or not pretty quick. Yeah. Like I kind of, it's not one of those like, Oh, like give it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a little bit of time, but for the that's most part, trait. my, my first instinct is kind of like, okay, I like this or I don't like it. Yeah. That's a good quality um, to have so for I, sure. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of did that and was kind of just like lost a little bit, I guess. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got one more semester. So I had already signed up for classes. I had to take one more semester. I think I was taking like 15 hours. Mm. Um, and I was kind of like, well, what do I want to do? Kind of looking for classes. And North Texas offered like a uh, intro to strength and conditioning class. Mm. It was just an elective. I didn't need it. I took it anyways. Like mm. probably not the smartest idea because I was taking 18 hours my last semester. Um, but like went into it. And like my first day, I was kind of like, okay, like this is a little bit more of the area that I'm kind of looking for. Right. Like I grew up playing sports. Like I've lifted weights since I think like the sixth or the seventh grade. Not yeah. well. I'm not saying it was, I'm not saying I'm any. Nah, I, see, I see all your, <laughs> I see your, 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 you have those Olympic lifting videos that you post yeah. on Instagram. I keep, I keep in track with those. Yeah. I'm no, you're getting try, after I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. So yeah. once I kind of saw that, it was kind of like, okay. Right. Because I think the main reason I got into PT was to be able to help people, right. Like be able to help people, motivate people, inspire people to get better. Right. And then when I kind of saw strength and conditioning, I was like, Oh, like 
this is more on the side I want to be right. Because a, a lot of PT, like for the most part is like injury rehabilitation, right? Like sure. usually by the time you're in physical therapy, you've either got an issue that you're trying to work through, or you've had a big issue that you're not trying to recover from. Sure. Right. And when I first saw strength and conditioning, I was like, Oh wow. Like this is the same thing. It's just the opposite side. It's the prevention part, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we're doing these things correctly and we're learning how to do this, like, yeah, there's always needs for PTs. I'm not saying like we wipe out everybody else because of, of how great we are. Right. And not under any illusion that that is the truth, That's but true. I think kind of being able to see it from that perspective and be like, wow, like I can do what I'm passionate about, but in a very different way. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it just felt very comfortable. Like I, I feel comfortable lifting. Like I felt comfortable in a weight room. I really enjoyed it. And then from there, I was kind of like, okay, like this is what I want to do. How do I build on it from there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, it's almost like PT, um, maybe athletic training, right? You talk about like, whether it's like, people are like, oh, this is prehab or this is rehab, or this is like, you know, performance or whatever it is. And I think, I think it's really all just kind of like a, I don't know if like a spectrum is the, is the best word to use it, but it's just kind it's of kind like, of like this, a sliding scale. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's exactly it. That's what I'm, th- you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Cause I'm like myself, well, you know, strength training and PT, everything is, is requiring like some sort of yeah. torque or force to be placed on bone, right? You're trying to like stress the system, whether it's in like a low mechanical sense or super high, whatever it is, you know, it's just, I think, uh, you know, from a performance perspective, you were probably someone who wanted to stress the system and, and, uh, you know, more on the, yeah. on the high performance <laughs> side of things, right. You weren't necessarily yeah. worried about, but, and, you know, it's funny. Cause I think like, as, as you like, kind of, it's cool that you got that experience because I mean, would you say that like, like you said, you understand the value that PT can potentially provide and the people who are providing it. Right. Cause I think, especially as you get older, you start to think, well, okay, we're like right now I'm, I'm like working with a little more of the gen pop area. Right. So I'm like, okay, my perspective has changed a little bit. I'm starting to think about like what type of impact and value can I provide for people who don't have like all of these answers from all of these people who want to impart their wisdom on them every day, which is what the division one collegiate athlete has, right. There's no shortage of people trying to get their hands on, you know, the athlete and get more time with them Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a sport coach or the PT or their, you know, their academics, whatever it is, you know, everybody wants, you know, more time with the athlete. Um, And then it's like, you're not an athlete anymore and no one cares about you. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, we had an overload of information before and now it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, now we have zero guidance around how you should live the rest of your life. Right. And the idea is, like absolutely you know obviously you're in a situation where you can provide that value so so yeah what are your what are your thoughts on that like the way that you're able to provide some of that value now right like you obviously have been working at you know at rice for a little bit and you've had some time in the field it's like how do you feel like maybe the way that you provide value now is a little different than the way you sort of perceive the way you would provide value in the beginning would you say yeah like so i think right like at first like when you get started and i think kind of everybody it's like strength and conditioning, right? Like, it's like, we're in like, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Okay. What do I care about? I care about strength and I care about conditioning. Right. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I think like when I first started out, it was so focused on just like the X's and O's, right? Like, okay, we got to lift hard. We got to do this. And like, as time has evolved. Right. And I think like my boss, like coach crash, he's been here about 10 years. Great guy, like awesome boss probably won't ever have a better one <laughs> to nice. be completely honest. He's, he's great. Um, but I think he's really helped me kind of shift my perspective a little bit and realize that like, at the end of the day, we are like a sports performance coach, right? Like we're here, like for athletic performance, not just strength and conditioning, right? Like athletic performance is a much broader spectrum as opposed to strength and conditioning, right? Like athletic performance, at least to me, right. That includes a lot of like, yeah, we're lifting, we're conditioning, we're doing that stuff. But it's also like, how do you move when you actually play the sport that you're playing? Right. Like what does that look like? How are you taking care of yourself? Okay. Like that's, that's a big part of performance, right. Is like, what are you doing when you're not doing the actual sport or whatever else? Like, what are you doing to make sure that you can be sufficient in what you're doing? Right. So I think there's a a lot of different pieces. And I think now it's like really kind of being able to shift that over. Right. And not just look like, yeah, I'm looking at what we're doing in the weight room and I'm looking at like the field work or the court work that we're doing, but I'm also looking like, okay, like what does practice look like today? What is practice going to look like tomorrow? How can I like help us get the most out of what we're doing without, right? And that might be, sometimes we push it a little more. And like, that also means kind of like, maybe we don't push it a little bit more, right? Like that's maybe pulling back a little bit when you need to. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is kind of just broadening my, like my outlook, right? Instead of just strength and conditioning, more of like athletic performance. Cause I think there are a lot of different factors that go into that. And I think sometimes they kind of get overlooked because we're so concerned about, 
okay, well, how much are we squatting or cleaning or like, how hard are we running? Do we make our times? Right. Yeah. Like that stuff is important and it's, it's fundamental in strength and conditioning, but I think there's a lot of other pieces that you kind of have to take a step back and look at, because I think those other pieces really kind of help the, the fundamentals of strength and conditioning. Yeah. That's a great answer. I, I, at least, you know, to me, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And this, that's, and I'm like sitting here listening to you talk. I'm like, this is exactly why I wanted to hire her. She, crush, <laughs> she crushes her interview. She just crushed the interview. Um, no, that's awesome. I, I really do appreciate that answer. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really great perspective to have. I mean, well, how, how old are you now? Are, are you, are you, you're not in your thirties, are you? Uh, no, I'll be 29 in September. Yeah. So I, feel, I, I always feel like it's around that time, maybe a little bit, you know, earlier, you probably started to realize this earlier. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit more than, you know, what the, the actual title of the position suggests, yeah. right. And the things that we need to consider, right. It's around, you start to have a little bit more of a, a zoomed out perspective where it's like the X's and O's certainly matter, but, um, to what extent and, you know, where, where can I like reach in a little bit further and maybe get a little bit more out of my athlete. And maybe it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm reaching in the, the, the physical sense, right? Like maybe it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm having a conversation with them on the side. It's going to provide them with a little bit more of a sense of comfort in, you know, trusting me and um, you know, my guidance and the guidance that I can provide for them. And then maybe that, you know, kind of gives, puts them in, a, in an environment where they feel like they want to give more. Right. And maybe that yeah. leads to some sort Absolutely. of greater gains in whatever it is that you guys are trying to, you know, whatever stimulus you're trying to achieve. So that's just like a small example, but um, yeah. So kind of going with that, right. Like I never got a chance to actually coach with you. Right. So like what, if you had to describe like your coaching style, style like early on right when you were younger versus now has it changed is it's a little bit more the same how would you kind of go about describing that that's a good question um <laughs> you know I think like when I started coaching like I think that is something that always came natural right like okay. I never felt like I had to really really try to coach things like it kind of felt like well like that doesn't look right. How can we fix it? You know, like I'm not, not a really known, like why it didn't look right or what I was doing to fix it. Right. But you know, like that's kind of how you learn when you first start out. Right. Like I think my first, like when I first started interning, they gave me the injured kids. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you're with, you're with the return to play kids. You know what I mean? Cause like, you know, and I think they do that with a lot of interns kind of like, okay, let's put them with some people that they can't really mess up. Right. Yeah. But that kind of gave me an idea. Like I can watch, okay, well they can't do this. Let's try to do this. Okay. Why does it look like that? Mm. well maybe try this yeah. you know and then you see did it fix it did it not um and I think I still have the same like outlook on that right like I think everybody's different and I think you kind of have to take some consideration but I think just trying to just be more like I think you said at the beginning like clear and concise mm. right I think that mm. is that's that's the biggest key is like I can tell you all this stuff and I can give you 15 things but like are you going to remember 14 of them probably right. not Right? right. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in a weight room. There's a lot of like things happening and there's mm -hmm. quick turnover in between sets. So I think just like still being able to kind of look at that right now, I have a little bit better of idea. Okay. Oh, well, it looks like that because of this, let's try this instead. Sure. Or eh, I don't like the way that looks, let's modify it and do something else. Yeah. And I think just being able to kind of adapt. Right. Because I think, and I think everybody does it right. It's like, when you first start out and you write this program, it's like, okay, like we have to do every single thing on this program, every single set, every single rep. If we don't, it's a failure, <laughs> right? Like, oh, we didn't get anything out of it. Oh, and I yeah. think as I've like progressed and I've gotten older, it's like, okay, like there's some give in some take in that, right? Like you can't just like, okay, yeah, we didn't do one of our accessory exercises the like not all hope is lost we're okay right. like right. you know what i mean like there are other like there are ways we get into that and that's you know kind of what i look at if if we look like and it's hard because like i have volleyball right now and i have them four days a week and i have an hour i have them from six to seven a.m and that includes warm-up any type of conditioning or plyos and a lift right nice. so like that's kind of yeah <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> quite the time management skills right there. So, right. you know, like that's kind of something I like to think about. Okay. We're going to do this today. All right. You know, okay. Now we're going in for the lift, you know, okay. We've got 25 minutes left. We are on the first thing, you know, that's when I kind of go down and look, okay, well, maybe we don't need this. We touched some of that in the warm up. Okay. Well, you know, we, we can't do this today, but I know we're gonna get something similar tomorrow. Let's pair that with something else. And so I think just kind of being able to like give and take, right. Take those pieces, put them in different places and just be able to adjust. Cause I think if you're so set on only doing exactly what you've written, you're going to cause a lot of frustration to yourself. Right. And then almost like it almost causes the kids sometimes to feel a little bit flustered mm. and rushed. Right. Like there's nothing worse than feeling like you're being rushed through doing something. Right. Um, yeah. 
right? And then you're rushed through something. And then what are you more concerned about? You're more concerned about finishing than maybe what it looks like or how it is, right? Yeah. So then you're like, well, we got everything done, but did it look good? You know, yeah. up for up for debate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's a that's a great point because I think it's like to say if it's like, all right, well, you know, and I think like the technical model, right? Like we get so, like you said, worked up about that. It's like you put together this plan and and the plan it's like i i think a lot of people knock like like that initial moment when it's like yeah we think we're like these like mad scientists behind you know in some lab or whatever but i do think that it just like there are people who care and there are people who really want to put a lot of thought into the programming and and to give it you know have a lot of understanding and justification around why they put what where and how much and all that stuff and i and i i was definitely and still am you know one of those people you know admittedly and i think it's it, it takes time to sort of get to a point where like my brother is a mechanic and you know, we'll be out in the garage and I'll watch him go through something like, well, this is what the book says we're supposed to do in this situation, but it's just not happening right now. You know what I mean? This this part doesn't yeah. fit like that's like the running joke in mechanic, like in the automotive world is my brother's always like, yeah, nothing ever works and nothing ever fits. You know what I mean? The part is always <laughs> wrong. It's, it's always something. Right. And I, I like, I'll be yeah. out in the garage. I'll be like, Aunt, you got to run back to advance. This is the wrong part or this isn't going to fit. We need to fix something else. <laughs> and a lot of the times he'll just be like, you know what? don't even go to advance. I'm going to make shift. I'm going to put some makeshift thing in this thing and we're going to get it going. Kind of, you know what I mean? And I think that that's sort of yeah. like the, the skills, right. And I was talking to you about it this weekend in the garage because we were doing this job and he was like, yeah, usually this job will take me X amount of X amount of time, but people will have to pay a certain <laughs> price for this. Right. And I think about it and I'm like, yeah, well, he was like, dude, you should take me so long to do these so long. Right. And I'd be like, yeah, no doubt. And like, you just take me so long to program and it would take you so long to try. Right? And it gets to a point where it's like, you're getting paid for the efficiency and the, and the, and the yeah. level of skill at which you can implement these things. And I think, you know, that's what you're probably experiencing now, right? So you get to a point where it's like, all right, I got an hour. Maybe you want to sprint a little bit and we're going to hit some things in the warm up. And then as opposed to me trying to get them through some sort of like Olympic lifting movement, some sort of squat pattern and some sort of accessory work, it's like, hey, you're going to we're going to hit some Olympic lifting movement. You're going to squat and then you're going to get out of here because it's like, you know, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather you just spend your time and actually get something out of this particular stimulus as opposed to us trying to like rush through and get everything in just yeah. so that we can say that we got it. And, and, and the reality is I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like, they might even benefit more from not doing the dang accessory work because you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what, after what point are you saying, like, you're just, your, your system's just being driven down now. We don't even need to do yeah. this stuff anymore. We already hit what we need to hit, you know? So no, that's, 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 that's great. That's great perspective. And that's interesting that you notice that about the, the players. I don't think I ever really thought about that. Like the athletes getting flustered, feeling like, oh, they must, like our coach really wants us to get these movements in. And I can tell they're getting worked up about us not having the time to get it done. <laughs> yes. So if I don't get it in, this must mean that I'm not achieving what I need to achieve in terms of my before. Is that kind of like what you're, what you were referring yeah. to? Yeah. And it's like, right. Like sometimes they're like, I mean, have you ever been like pushed through a workout? Like, have you ever been someone like, okay, faster, faster. Okay. Finish. Got, you know, like yeah, it's, like you're like, give me, you know, you're like, give me a <laughs> yeah. second. Like, give me my five minutes in between squats. Yeah. I need my five. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Like give me, yeah. Let me get on my phone. Let me do Yeah. <laughs> let me think about what I'm going to have for breakfast. You know, exactly. but like, I think like that's frustrating because then like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously we want a good work pace and we want to get those things done. But I think like at a certain, like at a certain extent, like the pace is too much, right? Like, yeah. I think sometimes people are like, oh yeah, we have great work. We have great work tempo. Okay. And then like, you know, you watch some of the reps that are going on and you're like, yeah, of course the tempo is great. You know, yeah. they're not doing, they're not doing it correctly. Yeah. Like it's, it's really easy to run through something really quick when you're doing it like halfway. Yeah. So I think that's just something, right? Like, and then and especially like working with the girls, like they kind of know how I am. Like they know I'm very much like on time. I like, and that's something, right. I think is important. Like when I tell you the workout's going to be from six to seven, it's going to be from six to seven. It's not yeah. like, Oh, you're here from six to seven, 12. Like yeah. that's not how I do things. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm honest with you and I'm trying to be like upfront and I tell you how long it is. I have to keep my word. Right. Because no I think that goes into a lot of things. If I can't keep my word on that, what else can I not keep my word on? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, yeah, sometimes we have to cut things out. Hey, like that might be something like, Hey, we got four minutes left. Try to get one round in. Sure. Right. Something easy that we can do at our rack. Hey, hey, we got these four things left. We're going to cut out these two. Let's really focus on these these two little things right here and just knock them out in this, you know, six or seven minutes that we have left. Sure. That way. Yeah, we're still getting some of the work in. Right. Like some of those other things I can probably take out and we get in some other form during the week. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of how I look at things is like, especially as you go, you know, and you kind of look back on the week, like I'm just checking boxes. Right. Sure. Like. I want this. I want this. I want this and that. Okay, cool. Like, where do I put them? 
True. you know, and then, and then it's kind of like, I write a program, I go back and look, I look at my checklist. Okay. Well, I've got my single leg stuff. I've got my horizontal, my vertical pulling and my pushing. Okay. I've got, you know, my, bi my heavy bilateral stuff, my explosive power. Okay. I'm kind of checking all these boxes. What else do I need? Right. And then that's when you can kind of go in and be like, okay, well, you know, we really focused on like upper body strength right now. We're kind of transitioning more into season. Okay. Let's really focus on like mobility and stability of the upper body right some scap work some like some shoulder capsule stuff just different things like because I think it's important to kind of be able to touch all those aspects especially as you're looking at like a bigger picture like did I check all my boxes or not and I yeah. and I think for me that's something really easy that way I'm not kind of like guessing or trying to fill in right I think that's something I did and I think you know a lot of people do it but it's like when you first start writing a program you're like okay, this isn't enough. What else can I put in? Right. And so then you're like, Oh, we're going to put in this, we're going to put in this and this. And then, you know, you go back and look and it's like, Oh, I, okay. I put all this stuff in. Well, why, yeah. why'd you put this in? What's this for? And then, you know, you're kind of like, uh, well, yeah. uh, well, well, you know, we have six exercises on the other days. We only had five on this day. So I thought I had to, you know, and it, I think that's something that's learning is like, you don't have to have the same things every day. It doesn't have to be the same amount of work. Right. Like, and it's not supposed to be, but I think just being able to like, look at it from a bigger picture and just say, did I check the boxes or did I not? Yeah. And that makes it one clear for me, but it's very objective. It's not yeah. subjective based on like what I feel that we need. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it's what I know that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that framework come from? Like that thought process of like, just like your, like the foundations that you kind of consider your, you know, elemental forms of programming, right? Yeah. Like when did that kind of start to come about for you where you kind of knew like, okay, here's what I'm looking for when it comes to training and providing programming and whether it be in the world of, you know, strength or power, or other, all these other qualities that you want yeah. to develop for your athletes, right? Like where, where does that come? Cause I think it's like, everybody's got like their different like variations of it. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's always, kind of similar right like you said like push pull hinge carry whatever it is you know what i mean squat all that stuff it's like like where like where did where did that kind of start to come about for you and start to refine yeah. itself so you know like when i was at north texas like i think north texas was great for me because it's like really where i learned like the coaching side of it right it was kind of like okay you want to coach okay cool here mm. coach you yeah. know you got groups you got kids do it yeah. and so i think that was really good for me because i think at the end of the day like you can write all types of programs, you can do all type of stuff, but if you can't coach kids and you can't clearly and concisely communicate with them, good luck, right? Like you're going to have a lot of frustration. You're never really going to figure out why. Right. Um, so I think that was a big thing for me. And then when I went to Kansas, right, like they're very big on like different types of education. Like we did a lot of stuff with Exos. We like read books, we did different stuff. And I think like the biggest thing is like when we read the system, uh, shout out to Jack Wilson. He, yeah took us through that one. Shout out to Stu as well. Nice. Um, but the system, right. It's, uh, Alvar Mill, Rob Panarello and Johnny Parker. Um, great book. I love it. Like yeah. it, that was like a big game changer for me, but basically, right. Like the system breaks out and it, and it's heavily based on like Olympic weightlifting. Right. And I like Olympic weightlifting and I do Olympic weightlifting and I implement it with my teams, but I think, right. Like the general basis of it is like, okay, how can you make sure that you're writing, a well-balanced program that is meeting the needs of what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think an example they use is like, you know, they had, they went to a football program and the football program is like, Oh, we're focusing on lower body strength. Right. And, and how the system does is it basically puts different categories into boxes and you count reps. So I think there's seven things. There's um, a clean, a snatch, a jerk, a squat, a post chain, a press. There might be something else that I'm forgetting. Um, <laughs> not the best look now that I brought it up. Yeah. Something <laughs> like, like that, but right. Yeah. And so you try to write, like you count countable reps. So like all of your cleans are countable reps, all of your presses or your jerks are countable reps. Right. So then when you go back and you put all these numbers and you look right, like, I think they did that with the football program. And when they broke down their program, it was actually a press program. It was a press, it was a press emphasized program, yeah. right? Because you don't think about it. Okay. We're going to hit these squats at you know, these super high percentages, we're going to go really, really heavy. Okay. Well, that's great. You know, maybe you have 60 squats throughout the whole block. Okay. But if you're doing a lot of like lower intensity, higher volume pressing, right? Like, okay, we're going to hit six by five on bench. That's 30 reps. That's half, that's half <laughs> of your total squat volume in one workout. Right. Yeah. So like, that's a really good framework for me. And I think just like knowing better and learning more, I kind of adapt that. Right. So like, 
do I, I don't snatch, I don't snatch my girls. We don't really jerk. Right. But I think you can kind of manipulate that same framework to kind of get what you want. Right. Like I'm looking like, okay, this is going to be like, this is a strength focused block. We're going heavy, heavy, lower body strength. Okay, great. Like I count that out and make sure I've got my squats, right. Like all my post chain stuff. That's, that's lower body strength, right. Anything like that, that way I can go back and look and be like, okay, like this program is doing what I wanted. This program is, this is focused on lower body strength. Right. And I think that was a really easy way for me. Right. Like, I think when I first started with all, like when I, the first time I used it, right. Like, I think they had me write a sample program at Kansas. Like, Hey, we want you to write a program, use the system. And I was like, there's so many, there's so many numbers, right. Because it breaks down total, total like reps per lift, like per day, per week, per month. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it breaks it down from very general and wide all the way down to like workout to workout. Sure. And so I think like, once I kind of figured that out, I was like, wow, like this does, this basically does all the work for me. Right. And it, and it gives me room to be creative. Cause it's like, okay, I know this is what we're focusing on this block. Okay. I want to do this, 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 this cool. How am I going to program the sets and the reps to get sure. what I want out of it? Right. So then like, not only does it enable you to make sure that your program is focused, but also like, are you undulating the way you should? Right. Cause I think sometimes people are like, Oh, undulation. And then if you were to break down their program and look at it, you know, you have a three rep difference from week to week. That's not, <laughs> that's, I hate to break it to you. That's not undulation. That's you know not what enough. I mean? And you sure? Yeah, it's not All enough. Right. I hate to break it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, right. Just giving, just giving me an idea of like, okay, like, yeah, we're in off season. These are going to be higher. Like the volumes are going to be higher because we're working towards something. Right. And then that's easy for me because as we go, it's like, okay, now we're switching our focus. Okay. Yeah. The, the reps are dropping on certain things. Well, that's because we're hitting higher intensities, sure. right? The volume is dropping because we're transitioning into like preseason. Sure. So I think that was something really easy for me just to give me a general layout. And then from there, you can kind of play around with it. Like you don't have to use the things that they've given you. Right. I think it's just like a really good framework to be like, okay, cool. Like this is kind of what I'm wanting. How am I going to get it? Yeah. And make sure that I'm getting it correctly. Yeah. I, I really like that. That's I'm really, I'm glad I asked that question now because it's a, that is, that's an awesome answer. That's I didn't even really, th- like, I, I think the first time I really started, you know, thinking about like, all right, let's really make sure we're emphasizing what we think we're emphasizing here. Like I know mm-hmm. I have, I have this in the program. Like I wanted to emphasize, you know, whatever sprinting at like shorter and longer distances. It's like, I have that in there. Great. But what is that? Like how much of the how much of that is represented throughout the totality of the program, right? You know, it's like, well, like if that's your emphasis, then it should be largely, you know, it should have a larger representation. And so, um, yeah, I think it was, there was like one point, it was like, yeah, like, you know, uh, I think it was either Olympic lifting or a similar situation to you where it was like, yeah, someone was like, yeah, we're, we're this type of program. So I went through, I didn't even count reps. I just counted the total number of exercises and then what, how many exercises, you know, that's mm-hmm. slotted into that category. And I'm like, dang, it was like, it was like under like 2% of the entire program. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, that can't possibly be like what we're doing or that can't possibly yeah. be like the entire, you know, cause and and you know, like I said, it's still in there and there's still something that they want to emphasize in terms of quality. Um, but like the amount of time spent, you know, and distributed to that stuff, I think really matters. So it's cool that, that and then you said that was the system, right? That was, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I haven't read that actually, but I know a ton of people have spoke very highly of it as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I guess now that we're on like the, the topic then, um, you know, was there, was there anything else that's hard? I didn't mean to cut you. Was there anything else you wanted to no, add? No, no, no. Um, while we're on the topic, what are, what are some of the other resources that you feel like have really shaped the way that you view, you know, strength and conditioning? It could be anything from like books, podcasts, people, articles, research, whatever. It doesn't, you know, seminars, it doesn't have to be anything in particular, but I do think it's always important. And sometimes I forget to like provide that, like increased knowledge base to, to yeah. the people who are listening. Right. And, and including myself, right. I think there's so many, there's so many bits of information out there and it's like, what's valuable, what isn't valuable. Well, let's just, let's see what, let's see what people think have kind of changed their perspective on things. So yeah, what, what would those resources be for you? Yeah. So obviously the system that's probably um, like one of my top books, love it. I think I've reread it two or three times, <laughs> um, but I feel like, you know, you kind of find new little pieces of information from that stuff every time you go through it. Yeah. Um, scientific principles of strength training. Um, that's another really good book. It basically just breaks down like different things all the way from like individual differences to just like work capacity, like breaks it down in terms of like scientific stuff. So I think that was really good for me. Just like 
when I first started out, right? Like, yeah, I've got a master's in XFIS and I've got like a good base of that. But I think being able to learn it in a way that is relatable to what you're doing sure. is yeah. extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, the the Samson Strength Coach Collective podcast is something uh, I... I haven't heard of it. I'll have to check that uh, out. <laughs> yeah, you might have to check it out. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, no, but really, I'm not just saying that. Um, I think it's good just because you have so many different people, right? And you get so many different perspectives. I think it's just good to hear because I think sometimes we get so set in doing way things a certain way, right? Whether that's how we like it, that's how we've learned it, that's what we've seen. Yeah. Right. But then you kind of hear these things and you're like, huh, I didn't, I didn't really think about it like that. Like, that's kind yeah. of a good idea. Yeah. So I think just that um, I've been pretty like I read Joel Jameson, um, MMA conditioning. I think that's a really good book if you're yeah. looking for just like more like detailed like ideas and just explanations of like the systems in general, like yeah. because I think ener energy system development. Right. There's a lot of like conflicting <laughs> ideas. Right. If you get on strength coach Twitter. I think a couple of weeks ago, there was a giant like uh, argument on if cardio is, if walking was cardio or something. Oh, I yeah. have no idea. That's, that's yeah, what brought so. up on the podcast too. Some of the reasons, I think it was like two podcasts ago that uh, I interviewed. I think it was Don Day. He brought it up too. He's like, yeah, he's like, something going on right now on, uh, you know, Twitter or whatever. It's just an in Instagram. Oh, it's just like, you know, you know walking, yeah. walking is not cardio kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's getting, it's getting everybody worked up. I don't even know like where it came from or whatever. I just got no, no idea, but I saw it and yeah. I was like, I'm staying, I'm staying far. <laughs> away from yeah. that <laughs> yeah kind of started to be second guess i'm like dang because like i try to go on walk sometimes and tell myself that i'm getting my heart rate up. <laughs> i'm like that's that's what you know that's what i do in the middle of the day to yeah, get out of feel my like you, you feel like you got exposed yeah, yeah. wait like, no oh yeah who's doing that not me i'm not like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, go on. I ride yeah. my bike or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no I, we, we, I, pre I appreciate you saying that about the podcast that is the idea yeah, yeah. It's, you know different perspectives and stuff but yeah, uh, yeah joel james's stuff is awesome though i did like i, I remember when yeah. i first started getting energy system work i'm like dang this is so complicated and like there's just so much going on it's like this dimmer switch and you never really know what's on and what isn't but i think uh yeah joel joel does a great job of, of providing that type of uh yeah that type of perspective so yeah no that's that's pretty sweet yeah what uh what else what what else do you kind of like refer um, to right now you know i think like especially starting out like mike boyle i think he's a really like he's a really good resource he knows a lot of like he knows a lot of stuff, right. He's been around a really long time. He's seen a lot of different things. Um, yeah. and he, and I mean, like and you can't really go wrong, right. Like when you think about some of those people that have been here and seen it all, like, I think, yeah, you can have different opinions. Right. And like people can agree or disagree, but at the end of the day, like if you read some of his books, like the fundamental things that he is saying haven't changed, right. Whether yeah. he wrote the book two years ago or 10 years ago, like that stuff is still relevant and able, you able to apply it. Right. It might be in different situations or in different ways, but I think the general concepts of what he says is pretty accurate and pretty yeah. spot on. I think it's kind of something to follow. Yeah, um, no I've been, I've been getting pretty far, like pretty deep into like some rehab rehabilitation stuff. Right. Um, I think I've got the book right here. It is, um, sports prevention and rehabilitation by David Joyce and Daniel Lewinden. I hope uh, I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, I've and heard then of that. Yeah. Um, bridging the gap from rehab to performance by Sue Falcone. Those yeah. are two of my current reads. But I think just trying to kind of be able to connect all those dots, right? Like I think kind of how we talked about like the PT and the ATL and that stuff. That that stuff really is it's a sliding scale, right? And mm. if if you were to look at long term rehabs, right, from anything ACL you know, any, any of that stuff, right. A lot of like what the rehab is, is training, right. It's really like, it's really, you know what I mean? It's really basic fundamental training. It's learning how to re-squat and hinge and do these different things. And so I think like being able to kind of have this like seamless transition from one thing to another, I think is the best. Is it hard to do? Yeah, I think so. Right. Like, I think it takes some time and some effort, not only from you, but just being able to like collaborate with like other support staff members that you have. But I think that is something I've really been trying to focus on. Right. And then just, again, like that kind of goes back to like broadening my scope to being athletic performance, yeah. not just strength and conditioning. Cause I think there is a lot of stuff that goes into it besides just that. Yeah. And I think, you know, that like, that like sliding scale you talk about, and I know it's like you said, it's difficult, but I do think that like there are, and, and without even getting into like, and I'll mention a couple of like the resources that I think have helped me when it comes to like creating this collaboration. And it was ultimately the one thing that I kind of hung my hat on when I was working in college football was like, I was just wanted to see more cohesiveness, right. Amongst, you know, from department to department um, because I thought it would ultimately benefit the athlete. And yes, no doubt it's difficult. Um, 
And then I thought like, all right, I got through like Game Changer, The Process, Governing Dynamics of Coaching, right? All these books that really outline some like technical models around how we can create more collaboration and have more, you know, synergy between amongst departments. And then the reality is like, it just came down to the people, you know what I mean? It's like, we can have a bunch of models built around how we can create more of this, this, you know, connectivity, but if you just don't have the people who have the open mind, like, I feel like if you have the people, you don't even need the technical models. It's even just having more, having more conversation around these things. Like we just talked about like what my brother does when he's coming across an issue with a car. It's like, when you have so much time spent around a certain subject, create your own model, create your own solution. You know what I mean? Getting the, getting a, you know, getting your AT's office, like whoever your head athletic trainer is, head of sports medicine, your team doctor, like get in their office, talk to them, let them know your name, like let them know what you're about and what your thoughts are and you know, how you're kind of approaching your craft and, and hopefully they'll do the same in return. Turn and, and same for all the sport coaches you work with. So it's like, you know, I think, I think it is difficult, but I do think it, it only good things can come from that. Yeah, um, the one, the one sort of like pushback I got once was like, well, you just want to be careful because then you don't, you don't want to blur the lines for the athlete as to like who's controlling what. And I didn't really think about it at the time. I'm still not really sure how I feel about it. I don't, I, I think that would matter if the athlete wasn't necessarily sure who was handling what part of their, you know, overall um, stress, I guess you could say. But I think if you do it in a way, I, I always thought in my mind that the athlete would look at it as like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like they all are essentially coaching my movement, right? They're just, yeah. they're just doing it in, like you said, a sliding scale in different ways, different stressors at different times at different intensities and in different movement patterns. You know what I mean? So have you been able to kind of find some success with some of the staff that you've worked with at, at Rice in that context? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm very lucky and both my athletic trainers want to collaborate. Right. And we do do a lot of collaboration. And I think, right. Like you kind of talked about that, like blurring the lines, like they don't know where. And I think like that is like where you have, that's where you have a conversation with the athlete. Right. I think sometimes like we're so worried about doing all these things and getting all these things accomplished and we never ever like include the athlete in it. Right. It's like, this is centered around the athletes and we're keeping them in the dark. They have no idea what's going on. Right. So like, that's an easy conversation you have with them. Hey, like, we're in rehab. Like this is an early stage, usually in early stages. Like this is what we're working on. We're working on like getting the inflammation down. We're working on like trying to heal the tissues. Right. Like that's a lot more athletic trainer focused, right? Like that is more like rehabilitation stuff. So it's like, and then, okay. Yeah. As we increase, you know, and that's like a, that's a five, 10 minute conversation explaining just like a very general idea of what rehab looks like. But then, you know, they have an idea like, one, then they're like more on top of it. Right. They're like, okay, I've, I've been through this first phase. Okay. Now I'm going into the second phase. This is going to be a little bit more. Right. And so that's like, Hey, you're going to be a little bit more with me. She's still going to be in here. Maybe we're doing some BFR. Right. So you're doing some of these like fundamental movements, but it's more in a rehab setting. Sure. Okay, cool. Like we've, we've gone through this. Now we're in that third stage. Okay. Like now this is when we were really starting to like gain some strength back. This is more in my realm. Right. But I think just like being able to collaborate, but have those conversations. Yes. With the support staff that you're working with, but also with the athlete, right. Just give them. That's something I found very big here is like, if you just give them an idea of what we're doing and what's going on, you get a lot better buy-in because yeah. Right. Imagine someone telling you what to do and then not telling you why. Yeah. Right. Like maybe some people are okay with it. I'm, I'm very much like, well, why? Like I'm a big question. Well, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it like that? What are we going to get from it? You know, like, right. And I, I think athletes have a lot of that too. They might not just be as vocal with it. Right. They might just sure. be like, well, that's what I'm being told to do. Okay. But I think if you just give them a little bit of opportunity, yeah. right. To kind of know what's going on, then they're not in the dark anymore. They're like, oh, okay. Like this is, this part of rehab. Okay. Right. And I got to do it like this. Okay. We're in the second part now, you know, we're trans we're switching it over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great perspective. I, I, yeah. yeah. The why, right. Explaining things and actually having, you know, a reason behind why you do things is undoubtedly going to be more buy-in with that. Um, one question I wanted to ask before we start to wrap up and I always forget to ask this question. I'm trying to make a little bit more part of the <laughs> podcast. Um, it's actually something I got from, I believe, I think it was Jason Hetler when, when, I met uh, when I first first met him uh, sort of this like high performance, like happy hour we were doing during COVID or something like that. It was like, yes. <laughs> um, so if you Dallas were told that you needed to accomplish a specific task and it was like, someone was just like, Hey, you can bring one person with you to help you accomplish this task. But the caveat is you don't know what the task is. Like they're not, you're not being told like what it's going to be, but you know, it's going to be super challenging. It'd be one of the most difficult things you're going to do in your life. Um, and you could bring one person with you, but you don't know what the specific challenge is. Who would that person be? Ooh. It's a good one, right? That is a good one. Hey. You know, that's hard. Ooh. 
people got to really yeah. think about it. You know, if I really had to think, right. And like, I'm assuming we're kind of talking in like the strength and conditioning area, right. Like, is that kind of what we're referring to? Like, you're well, no, this. I was thinking like when I first was asked a question, I was thinking like, okay, I'm on some like Island somewhere that would, for whatever reason, like that's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. like my initial thing is. Like, okay. If I'm thinking hard, anytime someone's like, yeah, like, you know, this is gonna be the most challenging you do. Like my biggest fear is like, being stranded like out at sea or like on an island or something like that where I have like zero resources right and it, like yeah. that's that's what I think would be like super challenging it's like I need to be resourceful with like the basics and like absolutely nothing so I always choose yeah. my dad because my, my dad I swear <laughs> like the dude the dude knows how to like take break down anything yeah. and put it back together it's just <laughs> he, he just I don't know he gets excited about it like it's just what he does he fixes things and he'll just so I that's well that was my choice but yeah, yeah. I don't know it's up to you you can view how you can answer how yeah. you like no, I like, I like the, I like the desert Island concept going on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to steal your answer, but I am also going to say my dad. Yeah. Um, I mean, that guy can do anything and everything. I mean, especially a Texas it's dad. honestly crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, that guy, he can, he can build stuff from the ground up just from yeah. like drawing it out on, on a notepad and being like, Oh, this is what I want. These are the dimensions. And then he does it. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I mean, he's built, he's built full buildings like by himself, just like poured concrete, done it all. So if I was stuck on an Island, I'm sure by the end of the week, we would have a house and maybe some running water. (laughs) Yeah. You're either (laughs) getting off that Island or you're just going to stay there and just make it (laughs) home. We're just going to make it home. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Texan girl becomes an Island girl at some point. Yeah. We're just going to make make this thing happen. Before we wrap up though, what are, uh, where can people find you? Like, you know, obviously Instagram, social media, any of that stuff, like what you, what, you know, just uh so you can get yeah. a little shout out there a little uh, um i'm there. on instagram and i'm on twitter um i think if you just search my name dallas skipper it'll pop up i don't really think i've been super creative with any of my usernames <laughs> it's a pretty unique um, name too i don't think many people have yeah. your name so, so that's, i'm not really that's gonna forget it yeah. yeah it'll pop up um i'm not super great at posting content i'll be honest i post a lot of stories i'm yeah. trying to get a little bit better about even trying to post like some training stuff hoping we can do some like we use a lot of sports science here. So hoping maybe at some point we can kind of post a little bit more about that. Um, but just trying to be a little bit better. I know it's such a big thing nowadays. And like, that's so many people just showcase everything on social media. So I'm trying to be a little bit better about it, but yeah. if anyone follows me from this, don't be, don't get your hopes up. You're probably <laughs> that's an incredible sell job right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Follow me, but don't get your hopes up because uh, I don't, yeah, don't get too excited. excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Dallas, this was awesome. I really appreciate you yeah. hopping on and uh, giving us your time for sure. Um, any any final words for the uh, the Samson listeners? Man, I mean, honestly, just thanks again for letting me come on here. It's great. Okay. Um, love hearing from people. Love talking shop with people. So if anyone wants to reach out, have any questions or just things they want to talk about, I'd love to. That's awesome. I think that's how we get better is just being able to talk to other people and kind of constantly improve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, well, uh, for the listeners, we'll catch you guys next time. But uh, again, thank you, Dallas. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. You too.